There are three golden rules you uh, always need to think of. Then you can start playing chess. This is The Upper Hand, a podcast series by IMC. I'm Tim Polashek, and in this podcast, I invite masters of different games to see what steps you need to take to master them. From sports betting to Magic the Gathering, and from chess to diplomacy, you'll find out how you can use theory and practice to become the best. After the release of the Netflix show The Queen's Gambit in 2020, chess has seen a big increase in popularity. However, only a few make it to the level of Grandmaster or Woman Grandmaster. They are the best players in the world and have truly mastered the game of chess. Bianca de Jong Muren is one of those Women Grandmasters. She is a great chess player and now head of the Dutch Chess Federation. She gives me an exclusive peek into her mind and shares all of her best tactics so you can become the next Grandmaster. Hi, Bianca. It's Hi. great to have you here with us. And um, so you play chess? Yes, indeed, I do. Wow. Okay. Um, when did you start playing chess? Uh, when I was five years old. So quite, uh, quite some time uh, ago. And you got quite good in the meantime, didn't you? Yes, How indeed. How good did you get? I uh, became a women grandmaster, and uh, when I was 18, I became European champion as well. At 18? Yes. Right, okay, so 5 to 18, that's quite a process of getting better at the game. Yes. How did you do that? Uh, practice a lot. Uh, that's very important. And uh, train a lot. Um play a lot of games and then learn from your games. Uh, what did you do wrong and what can you improve? Uh, um, so that if you if you lost that you're, you're not going to make the same mistake again. And um, just have, have a lot of fun, play a lot of tournaments and, and train a lot. That's it. Are there parts of how you feel in, in really getting to that, that, that final level? Because there's one thing getting better, but there's another thing becoming the best. Yeah, um, you just, I think it's very important to, to really love the game and to enjoy playing it. Um, that's, that's the most important, I think. And then you want, to, um, you want to develop yourself and you want to improve. And then when you see you're kind of talented, then you want to be the best. And, um, uh, and that's something what drives what always uh, drove me in, a, in any case. Uh, what, does, what does training look like? What do I imagine if I'm thinking of training or practicing? How does that look with chess? Uh, you have different um, different ways of training. Uh, for example, you can uh, um, take a look at your own games to, together with a stronger player, with a trainer or uh, whoever, and then you analyze w what was going through your head and um, why that is accurate or not. Uh, so you can improve improve your thinking process um, and you can um, for example uh, do tactics that's what I always re really like so you just have a lot of um, uh, it's like calculating math or so to, to solve mm -hmm. a problem uh, that's also in chess so you have you can do that every day and that sharpens your mind um, and you can take a look at um, uh, grandmaster games so the, the world champions like Kasparov or Max Eeuwen, um 
how they played and learned from that. So in what position did they do what plan and why? So in uh, when you're in an actual game, then you think, ah, but I know this kind of position and this grandmaster played this and this uh, because this and this. So I can also uh, use that in my game. Uh, right now so it's very analytical yes it and is you have to have a strong memory i imagine yeah that is uh it is beneficial yeah <laughs> how important is talent um i think that the combination of hard work and talent is is the best so for example the best player in the world now magnus carlsen he uh, started at a very early age and he worked a lot but he is extremely talented as well we spoke a little bit about the the way you approach uh, your game and your strategy as well. Do you see this in other parts of your life now as well, how you've approached getting better at chess and how you approach your professional life? Yeah, definitely. I um, Because I played, uh, I learned to play chess uh, um, when I was young, um, you develop some uh, capabilities and uh, probably they're somewhere, they're somewhere in your system already, in your genes, but then you really develop them through playing chess. So the an analytical side you mm. already mentioned, um, that was really developed uh, by chess. Also thinking ahead, um, I think uh, about 10 years ago, I realized that not all people automatically think ahead. And it was really an eye-opener for me because for me, it's so naturally that you've, you always do it in chess, so you do it in, in normal life as well. But what are the consequences yeah. of certain yeah. actions or thoughts? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Wow. But there are also other aspects uh, such as creativity, um, which uh, really helps me in, um, uh, in my normal life as well. Um, and also the the fact that you learn from your mistakes. Are there certain strategies um, that you come up with to, to play the game? You mentioned analysing lots of grandmasters' games and, and memorising. Yep. Do you combine these to make your own strategy or how do you yep. how do you approach definitely your sort of flavor um, yeah you have your own uh, opening uh, strategy so there are a couple of openings you play and you really practice a lot um, uh, you study a lot so you can play them in the game um, but also what I really liked uh, as well is that um, um, the way people uh, are in normal life what they're character is you can see that back on the chessboard on how they play really? so you can use that in your advantage right so there's definitely a psychological element yes. to it as well and knowing your other knowing your opponent yes definitely you, can you do research on that do you know yep. how someone is going to be yeah there are a lot of uh, databases um, which you use to prepare for your game if you're going to play a, a long game um, so you see what openings they have played and what games they have played in the in in the past, and you use that for your preparation. So not only uh, for the moves, but also for like the what kind of player is it? Are there lots of people at chess tournaments? Do they come and watch? Do you, are you in stadiums? Are you in a, a room? Have you seen uh, the Queen's Gambit? Yes. The Netflix yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. series. That's kind of. Um, uh, how a chess tournament is like. Right, so there's a very tense atmosphere yes. while you play. Yes, and very quiet. Right. Um, nobody talks at the chess tournament. It's very quiet. And when somebody whispers, and uh, mostly there's somebody who tells you, shh. <laughs> uh, and so are you 100% in the game, or do some of the nerves get to you from the people watching? Um, the people watching don't give me nerves uh, normally, but it's, um, it's difficult to 
to focus only on the game because mm-hmm. there are a lot of things going through your head <laughs> like like everyone and then you try to do to switch them off but it's not always easy like what are you gonna have for dinner tonight yeah exactly <laughs> did, did i uh, put the dryer on or not so yeah exactly <laughs> oh let me just check mate <laughs> So there's probably going to be a lot of people listening that are playing chess at home as well yep. and that maybe aren't quite grandmaster yet. What would you say, maybe from a practical perspective, but also from a uh, personal perspective, are the things that you can focus on really to to step up your game? Yeah, definitely. Uh, keep having fun. That's the most important one. Um, the second one is um, what I already mentioned, which I always did, was analyze your games uh, with a stronger pr- a player. Try to memorize what you were thinking during the game and why you played a, a move, um, what was going through your head. Maybe also write it down after the game, for example. And uh, for the rest, I think it's always good to... Um, there are a lot of chess apps uh, uh, nowadays with uh, with tactical uh um, uh, exercises so that only takes a, can take a few minutes a day but it really improves your game if you do it uh, every day for five minutes um, uh, so mate in two for example or how to win a win a piece I do it uh, regularly because then um, uh, I'm 90 95% sure that when you get the position on the board then you see that there's a combination you really feel you get the sense Now that I know a bit more about chess, we're going to put that knowledge into practice. But let's first look at some theory. More specifically, game theory. Game theory can help you understand the essence of the game. Chess can be analyzed using game theory. It looks at strategies for dealing with situations where the outcome of a participant's actions depends critically on the actions of others. By understanding game theory, you can become better at mastering chess. There are a lot of different types of games theory, and chess fits into combinatorial games. Combinatorial games are sequential games, which means that one player chooses their action before the other. They take turns in their actions. Also, they have perfect information, which means that all players have all the information. The positions of all the pieces are visible for both players. Most combinatorial games are difficult to solve due to the large number of possible moves. An example of a combinatorial game that's been solved is tic-tac-toe. Whatever the first move is, game theory dictates which move should follow to get the best outcome. A perfect tic-tac-toe, therefore, will always end in a draw, and one player can only win if the other makes a mistake. Chess has not been solved yet. Technology, as of right now, is simply not up to the task. In the meantime, there are several endgames in chess that have been solved. It's therefore very useful to look into these results so you can use their strategies whenever you find yourself in an endgame like the ones being researched. And maybe someday in the future, technology will advance so much that it will find the perfect strategy for the whole game. Bianca grabs her chessboard so we can start playing, but first, I get to pick if I want to play black or white. Does white always have an advantage? White, yes. White always has an advantage, so I would choose white if okay, I were you. I th- I'll go for white. <laughs> I'll increase my chances. So I go first. Yes. Right, I'm a bit nervous playing in front of you, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I make my first move. B4. 
Bianca told me earlier that her first move is often pawn from e2 to e4, so that seems like a good move for me. Bianca then plays c7 to c5, which is the famous Sicilian defence. I play my knight to c3. Bianca then plays her knight to c6. I play the bishop to c5, and Bianca moves the knight to d4. She's now attacking my bishop. I ask her what I should do next, and she introduces me to three basic rules that are really important to keep in mind during the beginning of any chess match. Uh, there are three golden rules Rules you, you uh, always need to think of. Uh, one is a, a pawn in the center. Well, you did that one with the pawn to e4 already. Yeah. Uh, the center are the, these four squares, so e4, d4, e5, d5. Second one is develop your pieces. And then first the knights and the bishops, uh, and then only uh, the, the queen and the rooks. Um, and the third is um, make sure your king is safe, uh, and your king uh, is safe if you castle. Okay. Um, and these are the, the three rules. So, um, well, you did it well already. You did uh, e4, you put a pawn in the center, then you developed already your uh, first knight and your bishop. And then the idea is to develop your other knights and uh, your other bishop, and then put your king in safety by uh, castling. Uh, you can castle, mostly castle shortwise. Um, and then you can, for example, move your queen so your rooks are connected, and then you can start playing chess. Yeah, so then you open the board up and yeah. you have, oh, those three rules are really useful to know. <laughs> Definitely. So if I were to move my knight here to f3. Yeah, that's a good move. That's sort of attacking you. Yes, definitely. But then if you take me yeah, and then I take you. Yes. Then we're in a whole different. Then it's totally different, but they're both three points, the, the bishop and the knight. All right, I'll go for this one then and see what happens. Knight to f3. So Yeah, I'm... good move. Then I will take your bishop. Knight takes b5. So then my immediate reaction is to take b5. Yeah, that's the best. You don't even have to think about that, indeed. Sometimes I don't think about it, and then that's the bad move, because <laughs> then I've opened up something else somewhere yeah. else by mistake. Yeah, that's uh, that's possible indeed, but in this case, this was the only move. Uh, otherwise, you're just one piece down. Giving it away. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Bianca then plays her pawn to d6. So what are the options open to me now? I can do something with my knight. Well, that that's not the best. No. That is possible, is but no um, yeah, it's a no a no man's land, and you've already developed your knight. Mostly, you don't play twice with one piece until your uh, other pieces are developed. Ah, okay. So that's good to remember as well. Generally, you're doing one move for, per piece to get yes. them out. Yes. So you're trying to get them out in the least amount of moves yeah, possible. Indeed. To move the game into the middle. Yeah. Okay. I will. I'm going to go for the pawn. Yeah, like. that's very active. Yeah. So I think you're uh, pawn to d4. You, you like uh, the aggressive style. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I feel like that's the only thing to do at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so now um, there's a move I can play, and it's not a very good move, but uh, there's a chance that uh, you will not see the 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 right response, and then I immediately win. So normally I would never do that because you take a risk and mm -hmm. you don't play the best uh, move. Uh, but some people do play it. And when you're on a bit lower level, you can always try that. So you play, now then I would play this move, but I'm not playing it. It's the queen to a5. Yeah. Uh, it's a double attack. I uh, uh, Your king is check. Yeah. 
and your knight is uh, attacked at the same time. And if you just move your king, then I can take your mm -hmm. knight. Uh, but you have one defense here, which solves both the problems. You can put your knight back to c3, ah. and this solves the, the check, and it solves that your knight is attacked. I would only do it to win a, win a piece, because if I win the knight, I'm immediately won, actually. Yeah. Um, but normally it's not a very good move, but you ah. can always try it. I was worried you're going to be able to checkmate me in one or two moves. <laughs> No, you're doing fine, actually. <laughs> so I'll play another move. I'll play pawn to a6. I need to protect my knight, so I move it to c3. Bianca takes my pawn on d4. Then I will take your pawn. Yes, very good. Not, not with your queen, but with your knight. It's better. Because the queen, if it comes out very uh, early, then it gets hunted all the time. And right, the queen it takes is the attention. yeah exactly the queen is most valuable piece well besides the king of course um, and uh, if it goes out uh, quickly then it, uh, black can keep hunting it so then you have to go um, go away with your queen again and then I keep developing my pieces while also hunting your queen so I do two things at the same time so you actually want to keep a bit of a low profile with your queen yes yes indeed. Bianca moves her knight to f6. I then decide to castle. Bianca moves her pawn to g6. I play my bishop to f4. Now I'm going to trick you. Okay. That's, I knew this was coming. <laughs> that's what I uh, uh, said. Now immediately there's a flag in my head that there's a, um, a bishop on f4 and a knight on d4, mm -hmm. which are on um, if I put a pawn here on e5, then I um, attack both They're pieces both, at, the uh, yeah. at the same time. So, so I'll I... have to move one of them and I'll lose the other. Exactly. So now I put my pawn to e5 and then you uh, you kind of have a problem. And the only thing I can do to minimize the damage is to take you with it. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Then you, you um, um, get a pawn and I get a, p a piece. So uh, a pawn is one point and a... A bishop or a knight is uh, three points, so three then points. you lose two points. But would you rather lose one than the other? Uh, that depends. Um, if it's a very open uh, position, where a bishops like open positions, so if there's a pawn in front of the, the bishop, he can't do anything. So uh, the closed positions, you prefer a knight, and in open positions, you prefer a bishop. Right, okay. So now, when this is gone afterwards, yeah. then you prefer... Um, a, a bishop mostly because it's kind of open so then uh, I would try to keep my bishop after playing for only 30 minutes I've already learned so much from Bianca we keep playing for a few more minutes and then decide to finish the game well thanks very much <laughs> I definitely learned a lot during it really loved hearing about the the tips and the and the golden rules as well so keep your uh, keep the center play so pawn to the center yes develop your pieces yep and castle your or protect your king, which you can do by castling. Yes, they're good golden rules. Is there anything else you'd give people around some some tactics on the board as well? Just to, some general ideas to keep in your head as well. Yeah, if um, you see a, a piece which is not protected, or uh, preferably two pieces which are not protected of your opponent then uh, always try to uh, look for double attacks. So you 
attack both pieces at the same time. Uh, like what you did with me earlier. Yes. Those. When you had the, the two pieces on the f4 and uh, d4, then I uh, attack both with uh, with the pawn. So always look at uh, pieces which are unprotected and maybe you can uh, attack them and win one of them. Okay, brilliant. Good stuff. Well, thanks very much. It's been an absolute honor to play with you, Bianca. You're welcome. Thanks for the game. In order to master chess, you have to analyze your own games as well as the games of other better players. You have to practice with tactical exercises and most importantly of all, you have to really love the game in order to put the hours in to become the best. In the next episode of The Upper Hand, I talk to Henry Matteson, trader at IMC by day, a genius ultimate frisbee player by night. Henry teaches me how to develop my ultimate frisbee skills and become the next champion.